It's a residency at the House of M's. This is Triple M Nights with Dave Gleeson. Picture this. You're stuck in a field. Giant thunderstorm coming. In desperate need of shelter, you come across a barn. And inside, Jimmy Barnes and Chris Cheney are plugging in their instruments. Are you sticking around? That's the vibe of the new Barnstormers album. Jimmy Barnes, Jules Holland, Chris Cheney, Slim Jim Phantom and Kevin Shirley doing a bunch of covers on one album. Sounds like something Gleeso might just be interested in. And when you're talking Gleeso, you're talking chatting to the greats. So please welcome from the Barnstormers, Jimmy Barnes and Chris Cheney. Welcome to the show, guys. It's great to have you here. A brilliant album. Just tell us a little bit how it came about. You want to start, Chris? Where, where, do we, where do we begin? Well, where do we begin? We begin a long time ago, really. I've been it's uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I, I joked earlier that I that I saw Jimmy and the Stray Cats playing together at the tennis centre in. 1990, and I slipped Jim. He's very young. He was 15. <laughs> He's just a baby, baby in arms. Gave him a tape then of my guitar playing, and it took 33 years for him to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, you know, the short answer is, Jimmy, our friendship was kind of formed by a mutual love for this music. You know, we would run into each other at awards nights and stuff, but I think we really kind of hit it off when we, I discovered that Jimmy had a real appreciation of 50s rock and roll and rockabilly, and he saw that in The Living End, obviously. I've been friends with Slim Jim for quite a number of years. Jimmy's known him for 35 years or whatever, and so we always said we should make a record one day. And of course, and we never- kept say- we kept saying it, Glee. So it's one of those things. Every time I see <laughs> Slim, would say it. every time me and Chris would get together, we'd be saying we'd do it, and they'd be saying it to each other. And 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 you know, we're always all of us are so flat out, and always get to preoccupied with making our you know making our bands records or whatever we're doing. We never came up during the lockdown. Kevin Shirley said, "What do you what do you get anything you guys want to do?" And we said, "What about this?" We you know we've talked about it. And some, I don't know how he managed to make, we've managed to make a record, thanks to Kevin, that sounds like, you know, because Rockabilly records are made in, in you know, one room, like some mm. studio where you, where, you know, the band are all standing looking at each other. And this record sounds like that to me. And and somehow we've managed to do that without ever being in the same room, which is incredible. That's that's what I was, I listened to it last night and it sounds Authentico. It sounds like you're in a room. It sounds like you're, yeah. you're kind of moving around mics to kind of get that sound. It's amazing. Yeah, well, I, I think that's you know you got you got to you know tip your hats to you know the quality of the you know guitar playing, the piano playing, you know Slim Jim in there. Every, every element of this band, you know, I, I, I literally we talked about how you know was it you know, normally you'd end up doing you know most of the time you'd do something first, wouldn't you, Chris? Yeah. You know, we all know how to do it. It wasn't kind of like, oh, well, what should the arrangement of this one be? Mm. And what? And Kevin was was kind of like the captain of it all, sort of guided the whole thing. But it was a case of all of us really just just pulling out all our chops, all our rockabilly chops, and kind of investing everything we had in, in into these songs. And, and then, of course, it just does sound like we're a unit because we're, because mentally we're all on the mm. same path. But, of- but, but but like you were saying earlier, Chris was saying earlier, the, there's is one thing having these chops, but you can you can hear you hear so many bands that, that butcher this sort of material, sure. and we didn't we didn't we wanted to be true to the originals, but we wanted to we wanted to bring our own you know dynamic, our own our own you know experience, our own feel, you know like you know the, you know Chris can play you know you know 
you know, Bill Haley records, you know, backwards, you know, but when he plays them, they sound different because it's him, you know, cause he's just got, you know, he's got this love of that music and, 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 and respect for all the original stuff that's there, but he also is used to do, and that's part of it, part of his, you know, his DNA now, and he plays it to, so it comes out of him. And that, I think that's what's happened with, you know, Slim Jim's the same. Jules is, Jules is like a master of, you know, of everything. He can, you know, his, he's got so many bands that styles of bands that he plays with that this, I think this record making this record allowed him to just sit and play boogie woogie piano. Oh, which, man. You know, it, doesn't, it doesn't get to do often enough, you know? And he does Man, there's some stuff in there that is chilling. Some of his uh, piano stuff is yeah, amazing, amazing. Now, Kevin Shirley, obviously, uh, the, the, the guy, as you were talking about, producer extraordinaire, Aerosmith, uh, Journey. Uh, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. <laughs> um, uh, he's done some stuff with the Jets. Silverchair, of course, but yeah, always course. behind, always twiddling the knobs. But uh, now he's stepped out and played a bit of bass with you guys. Uh, he's, you know, listen, he's, he's, a, he's, a, but, a, you know, integral part of this band i mean when when we you know he didn't ask to be a, a member of the band when we were putting this together he it just it would not have happened and could not physically have happened if he hadn't have been there directing and steering and 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 molding us all into this make this record that sounds like 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 we're in a room so we just said kevin you're you're part of this band as much a part of this band as, as chris and i you know so it's re he's he's an amazing producer i think he's done an incredible job and and you know just to get the opportunity to uh, to sing some of these songs with with these guys is you know it's it's like a career highlight you know it's one of those things where you know this is one of the records I hold up my god god I'm so proud of this record I've been dying to do this for 35 years the thing before about um that you were saying about it's in your DNA these songs these are the songs that you would have been listening to Jim when you were you know a kid listening on the radio they were getting played on AM radio and stuff May I was up AM radio in Adelaide. I would I'd be I'd be standing on my porch singing Thirteen Women, you know, singing. Oh, yeah. I, I was singing. I was singing, working for the man, and you know, nineteen was nineteen sixty two that came out, you know. And I remember hearing, you know, Roy Orbison singing it. It was just like, wow, what a voice, you know. And you know, as you know, you know, as a singer, Gleeso, it's Roy Orbison tackling Roy Orbison is a difficult thing. Oh, yeah. I just want you know, because you know, and ninety percent of his songs start nowhere and just end up in this crescendo <laughs> and, and and i just wanted to do justice to to each of these singers but i got i got i got into singing it and I, and it was sort of a, i learned stuff by singing these songs as well as well as much as i enjoyed doing them I, I was learning as i was going and i think you know and and like dear dad the chuck berry song on here if you listen to that 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 is that is a straight four and a four song but try and sing it yeah right <laughs> yeah. he's a, such a clever singer you know, and and I'm sitting there going, man. You know, so every, every at every stage of this, although I'd listen to these songs all my life, sitting down and actually trying to break them down and play them, uh, it was was like going to school. It was a really great thing, and I had to. So you had the balance, not trying to uh, to copy, but but to inject, but to use what's not to lose the essence of what was there and inject your, yourself into it. You know? Well, I actually while I was listening, I heard new parts of your voice, Jim, that I haven't. Heard before. I mean, you've done the soul stuff and, and you've done all these different styles of music. But when I was listening, I was like, oh, I've never heard Jimmy sound like that before. Yeah, well, I just I just thought I'd sing with what was needed for you know I'm used to as as you as you are Lisa we we're used to standing in front of a bloody live rock and roll band and trying to trying to compete with the guitar <laughs> players and, and peel the paint off the walls and grab people's throat by the throat and get their attention so I didn't have to do that with the in this 
environment. It was more about what what the song needed, and you know, it's, and there's there's a few places where where it sort of jumps out and and rips at your throat. But more, I think I've been saying that I think this record rolls more than it rocks. You know, it's one of those. It's it's or equally, it's as important to roll as it is to rock and in, in playing this style of music. And now, Chris, being able to uh, you know just assume guitar duties, mate, uh, a little bit kind of easier for you. <laughs> It was actually, yeah. It was. Um, it's. I haven't played this style of music, you know, since. I mean, I, the living it is the foundation of what we do, but I haven't played these kinds of licks like this probably since I was like twenty years old. And that, and that th- these were the first records that I kind of played along to when I was learning guitar. I mean, that, they were my heroes: Chuck Berry, Eddie Cochran, Gene Vincent, Elvis, all that sort of stuff. That was the kind of guitar playing that I wanted to learn. So that that's absolutely my foundation. So I kind of, I really felt like I wanted just to, to bring all the bells and whistles to the table and play the most kind of blistering kind of fretboard rockabilly stuff. Cause it, it, that was the most exciting kind of guitar playing for me. You know, I, I never really got into the Clapton sort of thing. I mean, Stevie Ray, I, I liked all that, but, but it was that fifties mm. flash that, that really kind of, it's, really? it's pretty. It's they're, they're, it's sort of like the cars. It's full of full of you know, dynamic and it's fast and it's you know and it's really they are the flashy the, you know those, those guitar players. And one of the things that one of the things that I think inspired this record was I remember at some point one 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 of the many gigs we've done together, me and Chris, where we you know our bands have been on and sitting around having a drink or something with him afterwards. And him tell I think he said to me why he made the mistake of foolishly saying to me one night, oh you know I didn't really want to sing in the band. I just wanted to play guitar. Let's get a band together. <laughs> 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 but in saying that, you know, I was I was I was deferring to him when I needed to all the you know sure. he's a singer. He's a good man. It was good to have on my team. Can't wait to do it live. I'll be making them work his ass off. Well, this is what I'm getting to. I mean, obviously, you guys got massive schedules. Um, you're both on tour at the moment. I see you killing it at the moment with Jane Barnes' band, Jimmy. That's an, an absolutely bit of a so step to the outrageous. side for you. It's been outrageous. It's good. <laughs> two and a half hour shows singing Doris Day. You, who Unreal. Knew? <laughs> <laughs> and Chris, obviously, you're doing some solo stuff at the moment. What's the chances of uh, the Barnstormers uh, getting together and uh, and doing a tour? Listen, it's really, it's really hard. We're like, we're all like this, you know. It's one of those things where to get everybody in the one place at the one time is just, it's Herding like, cats. The, <laughs> yeah, really. And uh, but I, I guarantee you, if there's a opportunity where that that arises, that where we can get them all in one place, we'll be doing shows. And that might not be, you know, if, if it happens and they turn up, we'll play in, we'll play in, you know the cherry bar in melbourne anywhere we can get or we'll play you know the adelaide theater anywhere you anywhere you can find we're, we're in the one place at the one time we're going to end up sitting up jumping up and playing but uh it's just hard to organize at the moment so in at this at this moment we we sort of you know we're so just i think we're all a bit shell-shocked and stunned that we managed to make such a great record that we all love so much and now the next thing we're all thinking how are we going to play it live? How, are we going to get, how are we all going to get in the one place so we're 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 sort of thinking the same as you guys well, you've got, I guess you've got uh, the UK, uh, the US, South Africa, and uh, Australia. You can do a, a, yeah, a full-leg world, world tour. tour. <laughs> world tour, there you go. Let's go. Hey, Kevin Shirley on sign. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Jimmy and Chris, for joining us, mate. Good luck and congratulations on the album. It's one of those albums that you can put on and listen to again and again. Thanks, buddy. Nice to talk to you. Cheers, guys. Thanks. For all the latest rock news, interviews and backstage experiences, don't forget to subscribe to Triple M Rock on the Listener app.